we got this real cool bag that we're going to have for you. And I do believe my beautiful wife, Pastor Renee, is going to be back there at the welcoming table at the at the back of the sanctuary. We are not done with worship yet as we would enter into uh, uh, our um, tithe and offering moment. Um, this is an act of worship. We take it very serious here. And uh, I'm so, so proud to be able to be a part of a body that is as free in their giving as we are here. Amen. So um, one thing that we wanted to mention and put emphasis on, um, prayer this week is taken real serious during this time of fasting. If you are a part of this body, um, take it real serious. We are going into our annual fundraising banquet, and there's so many other things that's happening right now within the body from transitioning um, over the last uh, year and a half that we've been trying to do to um, attacks from the enemy, from members in the body. So we could take this time. We could come together as a body. We could show the devil he ain't nothing. Amen. And so if you can set time out to come up here for those times of prayer, you know, wherever two or more are gathered in his name. Right. So the more that's there, the greater his presence. (laughs) That's just my way of thinking. Could you stand up on your feet, please? God, you are amazing in who you are, the way that it is that you provide for us, the way that your math works, that, Lord God, wherever we fall short, you always fill in the gaps, that, Lord God, we show our faith in you and giving back to you, Lord God, as your word prescribes, so that you will be blessed. Not, Lord God, that we would be blessed more, but that you would be blessed more, that your kingdom would advance, that, Lord God, the needs of the house would be met. Let your glory be revealed, Lord God, in this act of worship. Let our... let. Your, our love to you, Lord God, be felt in the heavenlies from our commitment to not, to you in ministry, in our hearts, and with our wallets. Let your glory be revealed. In Jesus' precious holy name I pray. The whole assembly says. And so, straight from the south end of Toledo, Ohio, the man, the legend, the myth, the bishop to his mama. Pastor Joshua Hester. Good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, I'm Josh Hester. My wife and I are the founding pastors here at Vision Ministries. You guys have the most awesome campus pastors. Pastor Earl and Renee, can you give it up for them? <laughs> Got you back. How you like that? <laughs> um, it was a privilege to be able to lead you in worship today. Um, don't we have an awesome worship team? Thank you so very much, worship team. You guys are awesome. Pastor Dorinthy and Albert are out of town. They're enjoying a little time away. So, yep, so you guys got stuck with me today. <laughs> so... All right, we're finishing up. We got this week and next week. We're going to be finishing up our abide series. I got to scoot up some. I'm not going to spit. I promise. I promise I won't spit. If you have a li- if you have a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event, so you are in the right place. Uh, who in here uses UVersion? Use that app, please. If you don't utilize that app, utilize that app. Uh, download it at the Play Store or the the Google Play Store or the App Store if you got an iPhone. Type in Bible app or U version, download that piece, and then you go to events. Type in either 43609 or Vision Ministries or Vision Ministries Toledo, and you know you're in the right place because you'll see it. It'll pop up like this. It'll have a little thing. See, it says Vision South Toledo right there, and then you just click on that piece, and then you know you're in the right place because then you have the little graphic pop up like the one up on the screen. So that's just, uh, those are the, the basically my notes. So we're going to be going through those together. The cool thing about that app is anybody here like to read Bible plans? Anybody like to read those? They have tons of Bible plans. Um, there's an interactive uh, part where you are, can be friends with people. You can see what they're highlighting. You can see what they're reading. It's just a great way of us staying connected as a church and a body of believers and encouraging one another. You can comment on people's you know stuff that they highlight, or maybe they can comment on their own stuff. So but I just highly encourage, get that Version app. It's a free app. We utilize it here a lot at Vision Ministries. So we're going into Abide. And so if you have your Bibles at Old School Leatherbound, turn that puppy to John chapter 15. We're going to read a lot of verses. Are you guys with me? 
See, a lot of times what happens is when we start reading verses, people start dozing off. But we're not dozing off in this place today, amen? We're going to listen. We're going to read together. Because there's a lot to be said. I'm going to be primarily reading out of the New King James Version today. So whatever version you have, that's okay. We're going to have, it'll be up on the screens for you today. So we're talking about the word abide. And so I'm going to get into what that means in a moment. And I know we've been reiterating what it means. I know Pastor Earl has preached on it a few times and Pastor Joy. So, and I believe that uh, this is the, uh, one of the main primary scriptures where we, we see that word abide in scripture. So John chapter 15, verse 1 through 12. You ready? Say, I'm ready. All right. Verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he is taken away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it might, that it may bear more fruit. So for, pause there for a moment. Okay, are, if you're in a place in your life and it seems like God is pruning you, it seems like things are being cut away. Understand this, when God prunes, when God is, when he's, when he's taking his, his spiritual scalpel and he's putting it and he's, and he's inserting it into our life, it's for what? This purpose right here, that we might bear fruit. Look at your neighbor and say fruit. Not fruit loops, fruit, just, you know, fruit, bear fruit, you know, like apples, oranges, melons, all those type of things. Anybody here like fruit? Come on, someone. Verse 3, it says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken. Verse 4, abide. Okay, so every time you see that highlighted word abide, I want you to say it with me. Say abide. abide. So you're going to help me read this today. Every time you see that, that yellow word abide, we're going to say it together. So verse 4, here we go. Abide. See, you already failed. Okay, let's try it again. Verse 4, abide. Very good. In me. And this is, I love this verse. This is so amazing. Abide in me, and I in you, as the bear, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. See, you guys are doing well. Good job. Okay, let's keep going here. Verse, verse, go to the next one. Del Sean, Sean. There we go. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides, come on. In me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We can just end that right there. We can all answer the altar call and go home. Apart from Christ, there is no spirit. You cannot do anything of, of value. You can, you can get all kinds of money. You can have all kinds of fame. But friends, the Bible says that all this stuff, all this stuff that, that, that we chase after, it's going to be put to the fire. And every, you know, and if it's not bearing fruit, it's going to be cut down and thrown to the fire, right? So, Apart from him, we can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide, come on, in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Hold up here. Go back, just go back to that for a minute, Daily Dale, just go on back there, just for a moment. If my word, it says, if you abide in me, we're going to get into what that means, abide. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire, and he's going to ignore you. <laughs> it says, and it shall be done for you. But there's secrets of the sauce. See, if you're asking and he's not listening, or you're asking and he's not doing there's, there's something that's not in alignment. Either you're not in Him or His Word isn't in you. Because when you align that up, when you are in Him and His words are in you, then you ask, and then it's done. That's why we're talking about abide. You see, we don't want, we don't want prayers. I don't want prayers that just hit the ceiling. I mean, it's a waste of time, waste of energy, it's a waste of words. When you want prayers that are gonna penetrate the heavens, when you're speaking to the Lord, you're crying out to the Lord. It happens when you abide in Him. And His words abide in you. Friends, that's what changes uh, relationships. That's what changes children. That's what changes your circumstances. That's what changes the atmosphere of your home. Glad there's about three people that get that. Because Go to the next verse here. Verse number six. Verse number eight. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. See, that's where we screw up, friends. Because we're going to get into what that word abide means. It means to dwell, to remain. We're going to abide in my love. What happens when we step outside of the love of God? It is nasty. Come on. That's right on. It's nasty. Ugly. You want the ugly side of yourself? Step outside of the love of God. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Anybody here need full joy today? In the presence of God there is fullness of joy. See, friends, joy isn't something that you conjure up. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It means God develops this thing in you where you know what, where, where you don't get, your, your feathers don't get ruffled every time something goes wrong. Because you hold, because this joy that He's developing in you. And the Bible says that, see, that the joy that He gives is not like of the world. Cause see, what happens is, I don't know about you, see, I was out there when, when the, when I thought it was joy, but it really wasn't joy, but there was a hangover at the end of it. Why do you think all these people, when they've come to know Christ, they're like, I'm done with that life? It's because of His joy makes us full. Amen. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Guess what? We're going to be doing that for the rest of our lives. That is your mandate, to love people as God has loved you. That's your mandate. I don't know what to do as a Christian. Love people. That's what you do. <laughs> Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Just love on some people. Love on them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Share the word with them. Abide. So what is this word abide? It's kind of a word that we may not use too often. What it means, if you look in the dictionary, abide means to remain. It means to continue, to stay, to dwell, to reside. Has one's abode. If you go and look in the 1828 Noel Webster's Dictionary, he gets a little bit deeper because he was a little bit better with words. And, and the word abide means to be or exist. To continue to, to dwell, to stand firm, to be stationary. So to abide means to stand firm. Look at your neighbor say stand firm. I think the Bible says something about to him who endures to the end will be saved, right? Is that standing wobbly? Is that tripping over your circumstance every time you get is that having a wavering faith being tossed to and fro? Well, I trust God. I don't trust God. No. Standing firm is when you, when you abide in Him, He causes you to stand firm. Because friends, if you stand firm on your own, if you try to be the rock and you don't stand on the rock, you're going to be crushed. Because He opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So if you got pride in your life, let that bad boy die. Just crucify that thing. Just say, God, I just hand over pride. I'm not standing in my own strength any, any longer. Dwelling in Him. So there's all these different... This word, it's so rich. It means so many different things. And so, just in Scripture, here's a few Scriptures. We're not going to actually read them, but just to know that word abide in Scripture, this is what just some of the meanings of it it is. So Genesis chapter 29, verse 19, the word uh, abide means to rest or dwell. In Genesis 24, 55, it means to tarry or stay for a short time. Where in Psalms 119, verse 90, it means to continue permanently. Or to be in the same state, to stand firm, to be immovable. Look at your neighbor say immovable. Come on, are you, are you immovable? And I'm not talking about you being stubborn and strong-willed. Not changing your mind. I'm talking about in your faith. Are you immovable? Because there's a lot of people that, oh, oh yeah, I'm immovable. Because can't nobody change your mind? No, that's stubbornness. <laughs> we need to be immovable in our resolve towards God. Not in removable towards our opinions. Well, my opinions are right. Are you sure? I've come to find out in 17 years of marriage that my opinions are mostly wrong, so... <laughs> Pastor Earl doubles that. 
In Acts chapter 27, verse 31, it means to remain, to continue. So there's just this one word which has many iterations in Scripture where it means all these different things. And so if you don't mind for a moment, we're going to get into some Scripture because the Bible talks about abiding a lot. It talks about us remaining or to stand firm or being stationary or to exist and continue in Him. John chapter 15, we just basically read of... uh, 12 verses about him talking about abiding in him and abiding in his love, which means what? Stay in there. Rest in there. Isn't that crazy that one of the words abide means to rest? It's interesting. John chapter 8 verse 31, it says, continue. It says, then Jesus said to the Jews who believe, if you, say with me, come on, abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So if you say, I'm a Christian, or I'm a follower of Christ, or I love God, or yes, I believe in God and I'm trying to do this thing, then friends, then you gotta have the word in here. You gotta, gotta get it inside. I think there's a lot of people that know about church. They know about, but it's not until the word gets inside that turns your life around and changes you. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the word. Get in the Word. It's, it's readily available to you. Or every day. Second John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Then Jesus said to those, Nope, wrong one. There we go. Whoever transgresses and does not, come on with me, abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. So if you're not resting in Him, if you're not dwelling in Him, He's basically saying that you don't have Him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. It says that as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. That means to what? Abide. Walk in Him. 1 John chapter 2 verse 28. And now, little children, abide. That actual word means remain. Abide in Him that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him in His coming. I don't want to be the person that, that, oh man, I just like, I, I left this area in my life unchecked. You know how you continue to keep your life in check? Abide. Right? Bring yourself right back into that place. Remain in Him. Stay in Him. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Say abide. First John chapter 3 verse 24 says this. It says, he who keeps the commands, right? Now he who keeps his commands. Sorry, we got like one person that said that. Let me try it again. Now he who keeps his commands abides in him and he in him. See the higher, the, the, the uh, one that's uppercase means uh, is, is God and the lowercase is you. Okay, get it? He who keeps his commands abides in him, and he, meaning God, he abides in you. And by this we know that he, talking about, see it's a capital because it's Jesus, he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now check this one out. This one will radically change your life. If you don't remember anything, remember this one right here. Because this will change your life right here. First John chapter 3, verse 6. It says, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins, neither seen him nor known him. So friends, if you're wrestling with sin, not saying that you don't have occasional slip-ups, but if you have a lot, that if you find yourself doing it every single day, it's because as a follower of Christ, you haven't learned how to abide. Remain. Stay close to. Continue. Get his word in you. It wasn't until I started getting the Word of God in me and started finding myself praying more till I stopped sinning. A praying man will stop sinning and a sinning man will stop praying. First <laughs> John chapter 4, verse 13. I love this. It says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us a Spirit. So friends... When he puts his spirit inside of you, he abides in you. He lives in you. Isn't that crazy to think of the God of the universe, the Almighty, 
the one that measures the span of the universe with the palm of his hands, lives inside of you. Mind blown. That's just... So here we go. I know we talked about this word abide, but what are some practical things uh, that can help us? What are things that we need to abide in Christ? Well, I just got three things here that I'm going to share. Three things that I believe that will help us to abide in Him, to stay in Him, to remain in Him. Number one, and this is where most of us, we don't get this because we're hard workers. Number one, we need to learn how to rest. We need to learn how to rest. Out of my, out of my whole three points, this is the one that is the one that I need the, the biggest help with. Are we resting well? Because friends, in order for us to abide, we need to, we need to reset. We need to recalibrate. Because if we're just running and hustling and bustling and going to work and going home and taking care of kids and, 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 and running and going helping this person and going doing that and then running, rushing off to the store and doing this and fixing that and going there and we don't have time to rest, then friends, you don't have time to reset. And if you can't reset your, your mind and your heart and your spirit, then you can't rest in Him. Check this out, friends. If, if God took six days and created the earth and the seventh He rested, if we don't rest, are we saying that we are in a, an aspect greater than God? If He rested, then we need to rest. I tell you what, the times I, I don't find rest is the times I find myself working outside of, of God's spirit and God's strength and God's power. And do you know what happens when that happens? Burnout. Fallout. You want to give it up. Quit. Throw your hands up. I'm done. I'm tired of this. Look at your neighbor say rest. Take a break. You need to take a rest. Friends, there's always going to be work. That's going to be it. You know, this is what I've always found. I've always found every time I try to take time to, to take a break and rest or, you know what, I'm going to just take some moment and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, turn on my music and I'm going to just get on my face for a few moments. Do you know when I'm on my face? You know what's going on in my head? All the things that I need to do. Because work will be a distraction to you. <laughs> You'll be sitting there in your chair trying to reset and then all of a sudden you're looking at that window and you're like, I can't believe that window pane's cl- uh, broke. Or, or whatever it is, or, or you'll be sitting there and you'll be dazing off into whatever, thinking about what you need to do. That's a distraction. Friends, there will always be a, a distraction that will want to snatch away the rest in the Lord. And so check this out. We got a fast that we are starting today. If you haven't started this morning, then you can start after church with us. Join with us. Fasting is, is a spiritual discipline that everybody hates doing. But it's amazing. Because what it does is you're telling yourself, I'm denying myself to get closer to God. And so you don't have to go crazy extreme with it. If you want to, go for it. But we're just asking people to do some simple things. Shut off your television for a week. See right there, everybody. Deer in the headlights. (laughs) Don't touch my television. Hopefully you can record those those episodes of your latest show we're asking people hey give up one meal a day you can do that right you can do that i guarantee okay (laughs) you know maybe give up a a certain portion of foods you know sometimes people will give up hey i'm gonna give up sweets i'm gonna give up coffee oh man that's sacred oh i'm about to get stoned give up coffee oh It's like God, family, coffee. I mean, it's like in that order, like it's pretty close, right? You know, do something, do something simple. And then we're asking you, join with us as we pray up here at this, at the church. We're believing God. I'm telling you what, if you need breakthrough, you're going to get it. Because the Bible says some come out by prayer and fasting. And we're believing God that we're going to grow stronger in our faith. We're believing God for God to, to do something miraculous in our city and in our area. We're just believing God to just do some stuff. And how that happens is when we deny ourselves and come together and join together and say, okay, God, we, we need, we are desperately crying out for you to do something. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will do what? Then I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land and forgive their sins. Number two. 
Friends, if you want to abide in Christ, one of the things that we need to learn is we need to memorize Scripture. We need to hide His Word in our hearts. Because then when you are in the middle of, of temptation, when you're in the middle of the enemy attacking you, how did Jesus fight off the devil? The Word. Right? Isn't that what He did? He absolutely did. He went off into the desert, and it says the devil came tempting Him. And how did He defeat Him? With the Word of God. How can you defeat him with the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God? Because the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even a dividing soul and spirit and joining metal. Friends, it is the sword of the Spirit that we use. It's our only offensive weapon that we use to cut up the enemy. Okay, now we don't use the Word to cut up your brother. Or cut up your sister in Christ. Okay, you, you don't use, you, give me that sword because you're using it in the wrong manner. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is meant to cut down the enemy when he's attacking you. So that you're not cowering down in the corner when he's beating you up. But you take that sword and you say, get off me in the name of Jesus. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High God. And I just, in the name of Jesus, command you to get, flee. Because the Bible says that what? That if we submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. See, so call him on that and watch him go. Come on, say amen right there. Too many people getting busted up by the devil. Just getting whooped on. When he's given you the authority in Christ, it's not your authority. It's his authority. When you said, I surrender to Christ, he says, I count you as worthy. I'm giving you my authority, all authority in heaven and earth, which gives you the ability to command a supernatural demon supernatural entities, principalities and powers, you can command those things to flee. Does anybody here believe the word of the Lord? Come on, this ain't no this ain't no wimpy Christianity. He calls us as soldiers. You're called to fight the good fight. So we need to memorize scripture. One of the best scriptures to memorize, to help us memorize, is Psalm 119, verse 9 through 11. It's when we're actually having his word abide in us, and this is what it says. It says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commands. Verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Friends, when you hide it in there, not just up here, when you hide it in here, it empowers you to say no to sin. If you find yourself saying yes to the devil, yes to sin, yes to your flesh, yes, 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 then get his word in you so that you can say no, 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 no. Look at your neighbor and say, not today. Tell the devil, not today, Satan. Not today. (laughs) I was like, not today. Number three. So friends, number one, we need to learn how to rest. Yes, come on, lay hands on somebody. Take a break from time to time. Reset, recalibrate. We need to memorize his word. We need to get his word in our hearts so that when the enemy comes, we have this ability to thwart his attacks with his word. And then three friends, in order for us to abide, we got to learn not to give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit, won't quit. Don't quit, won't quit. We need to learn not to give up. Is it going to get hard? Yes, it gets hard. Guess what? The longer you're living for Jesus, you think it's going to get easier? No. It gets more difficult. Why? Because higher the level, bigger the devil. So just go ahead and get it in your mindset that you know what? The longer you serve Christ... The stronger your spiritual muscles have to get because the bigger the devils you're going to be fighting. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. He's worth it. This faith is worth it. Continue. If you need encouragement, call someone. Dial them up. Text them. Say, man, I'm struggling. That's what the body of Christ is for. It says that we are to 
what? Carry one another's burdens. Now we're not supposed to carry all of their burdens, but we're supposed to help them when they're in time of need. Okay? Because you start carrying all their burdens, you're going to find yourself tired. I need to be doing all that. Okay, you ain't Superman. You ain't Jesus. Okay, your job is to pray for them, encourage them, and help them to, you know, you carry that burden as in you're going to help them put it to Jesus where it belongs. Because he says, cast my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll find rest for your souls. So in order for you to get that rest, you got to, uh, that financial, uh, right? Depression, oppression, suicide, all those thoughts. Who in here gets attacked in their mind by the devil? Look at that. See, see, so, so don't think you're crazy because you're not. Look at every hand was up. You know what that means? It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Because it means you're not on his team. It means you're actually going against the kingdom of darkness. It means you're saying yes to Jesus. The minute you find yourself not being attacked by the enemy, then then that's a scary thing. Because you're obviously in ranks with him, so he doesn't need to attack you. (laughs) Don't throw in the towel. Keep keep getting up. The Bible says a a righteous man, check this out, righteous, right standing with God. That's what the word righteous means. It means a standard. A righteous man falls seven times. And he stays on the floor. No. Gets back up. Come on. There's going to be times, friends, you're going to get clocked. I mean, rocked. I mean, I've, I've seen some great people, some great men and women of God, families, rocked. Loss of a loved one. Shattered relationships. Diagnosis of, of, of a termini, terminally ill sickness. Uh, whatever. I mean, uh, loss of, of, of a... A long, uh, you know, maybe maybe they had a, a, a long standing uh, at a job or career where they gave their life to, and then all of a sudden closed up. I mean, just like I mean, things that just like rock your your world. I've seen people. I mean, they you know, and they come to a place where you know they can't even question the faithfulness of God. That's okay. You got knocked down. Get back up. It's okay to get knocked down. Look at your neighbor say, it's okay to be knocked down. Okay, because you're not perfect. Okay, you, you're not. You may think you are, but you're not. Okay, you may think your spouse is perfect. Tell them that. Go ahead. But they know they're not. But maybe you'll get a few brownie points by telling them they're awesome. So friends, the failure is not in the fall. The failure is in the not getting back up. So, dust, dust it off your feet. Don't give up. Don't quit. Won't quit. That's how you learn how to abide. People that are abiding in Christ, don't, they don't, it's, not, it's not a perfect life. It's a journey of one of these numbers. Struggling. Failing. Getting back up. Wiping off the dust. Moving back forward. Getting some victories. Maybe having another failure. Getting back up. Wiping off the dust. But not stopping, not quitting, and not going backwards. Have that resolve in your, I'm not going to go back to what I once was. I love that song that Dorinthia sings. Where she talks about not going back. Exodus chapter 5, 15, we're going to end with this. Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. Friends, I think in order for us to not give up, one of the things that we need to learn to do is to be a worshiper. It's not just singing songs. It's not just, there's something about you where you're actually, from your mouth and your heart, engaging with God. And it's, it's, it's a supernatural thing that happens where, where you are, are, are joining with Him and, 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 there's just it's just something powerful about that. And so there's been numerous times in my life where, man, it was just like tough. And I'm like, man, I want to quit. I want to throw in the towel. And I just worship to the Lord. 
and he carried me through. So this is what it says in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 2. And this is in the uh, uh, New American Standard Version. And it says this. It says, the Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Do you know that God is fighting for you? Does anybody know what happened in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1? In Exodus chapter 14. Well, what happened was, this is when the, all of the Israelites were brought out of Egypt, right? And Pharaoh's chasing them down and they're blocked between the, they're blocked between the water and an army that wants to kill them all. And, and do we know what happened? We've all watched the Ten Commandments. We've all seen Charlton Heston, right? Let my people go. It's classic. Parted the red, parted, parted the waters, went across on dry ground, and then the Bible says that, that Pharaoh and his army chased after and the water swallowed him up. So then there was a song that was, that came out of Miriam and the song that came out of the people and this is it. And they said, the Lord is a warrior. Friends, the Lord is fighting for you. Do you know that? The Lord is fighting for you. You're not by, you're not in this by yourself. You didn't get thrown into the ring with the enemy and, and then all of a sudden he's like, patch on the back, okay, go for it. No. The Lord is fighting the battle for you. In Exodus chapter 14, he says, just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. If you need rescued, cry out to the Lord. He's worthy. Stand to your feet with me today. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. We love you, Lord. Let's just take a moment. Man, I just really sense like, man, there's just been a lot of people that have just really been getting beat up by the enemy. Just discouraged, frustrated. Maybe you feel like you're in a corner and you don't know how to get out. Maybe just the enemies just just attacked your mind so heavily. Would you just today, would you just surrender to the Lord right where you're standing? Just right where you're at, make, we're going to make an altar right where you're standing. Just make an altar before the Lord. And just surrender. Surrender your heart to Him. Surrender any kind of stronghold. Surrender your sin issues, sin habits, habitual sin. Surrender the lies of the enemy. Surrender your marriage. Surrender your relationships. Surrender your finances. Surrender your strengths and your weaknesses. Surrender those strongholds. Surrender that pride. That's the big one that keeps us from doing anything for the Lord. Surrender pride. Surrender that unforgiveness. Those that tr- that treated you bad, they talked bad about you behind your back. Guess what, friends? We all, we all, huh, it happens to us all. Don't feel victimized. Don't be a victim, friends. Be a victor. He's called us to be a victor. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you as your sons and your daughters. God, not as perfect people, but as broken people. Knowing that, Father, that God, that we cling to you. Father, and there are many in here that need rescue today. Holy Spirit, would you just come and invade, invade the hearts, invade that the situations. God, invade the area. God, we just surrender to you today. And God, we ask that you would do something miraculous. God, would you do something supernatural? God, would you do something amazing? Lord, we're putting our faith in you today. God, we just thank you for how good and amazing you are. God, we want to be men and women. We want to be young men and young women who learn how to abide, learn how to remain in you. And Father, that only can be done by your strength of your spirit. So Father, we just surrender today. 
That should be your daily prayer, friends. That's my daily prayer. I just surrender to you again today, Lord. I surrender my heart. I surrender my agenda, God. I surrender my mind. Father, would you strengthen me with grace today? God, we just ask that you would release grace. Release grace in this house. Release grace. Grace is not... Grace is is the power to say no to sin. Grace is, is empowering us to say yes to Him. God, would you release grace? As Paul said through many of his, his writings, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. And may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Friends, God bless you. Thanks for joining us with us today. If you want special prayer about anything, we would love to pray for you. So we'll we'll have some people up here that would love to pray for you. If not, friends, make sure you greet Pastor Renee in the back if you're a first-time guest. Remember, we're starting our fast today, so we'd love for you to join us. And we got prayer tomorrow evening. God bless you. Have a great week. So we lift up one voice